If you miss Leslie on TV this week, catch up at lesliemarshallshow.com. And he is back. Ambassador Gary A. Grappo, who served numerous assignments at the State Department in Washington, D.C., as well as postings in Nicaragua, Portugal, Jordan, Saudi Arabia, Oman twice, Iraq, and Jerusalem. He's held a number of senior positions in the State Department, including U.S. Ambassador to the Sultanate of Oman, Minister Counselor for Political Affairs at the U.S. Embassy in Baghdad, and Charge Affaires, and Deputy Chief of Mission of the U.S. Embassy in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Recently, he was named a Distinguished Fellow at the Center for Middle East Studies of the Corbell School of International Studies at the University of Denver. More than a pleasure to have back with us Ambassador Grappo. Ambassador Grappo, good afternoon and welcome back, sir. Good to have you. Good afternoon, Leslie. It's very nice to join you again. Uh, Ambassador, you know the Middle East quite well, and you know different nations that some Americans couldn't point out on the map and certainly have never visited and may never uh, go to in their lives. There's a nation that we hear a lot about, and that is called Syria. We hear about it with regard to ISIS, with regard to Assad, chemical weapons, and certainly with regard to refugees. Um, there is a border between Turkey and, and Syria, and it's an area called Azaz. And a lot of people, they say, you know, it just was a border crossing kind of town. But now this area, this specific strip of land, if you will, could be the scene of seismic changes to the war in Syria. Some people say this little town of Azaz and the roads there could actually decide the most complex and unresolved question of the conflict. And that question is not just who's going to fight for the people of Syria, but who's going to fight for the Sunni Arabs of Syria. Uh, Talk to us about this geographical location. Talk to us about why Americans may be hearing more about Azaz and why we should. Well, it's both uh, Azaz as well as what's happening, of course, uh, just to the south of Azaz in the major major metropolitan area, relatively speaking, of Aleppo. Uh, Azaz was a corridor through which a lot of humanitarian supplies as well as support equipment for the moderate, uh, moderate opposition passed. Moreover, uh, quite a few refugees fleeing Syria would flee through this area because it was controlled by the Syrian Kurds. Uh, Now we're finding that uh, some very interesting developments here that I think probably even came something of a surprise to the United States and other Syria watchers, and that is that um, as the uh, Syrian regime forces started to reassert control around Aleppo and slowly tighten the grip on Aleppo, began to move north to close off these corridors through which refugees would pass, critical humanitarian supplies would pass, as well as um, uh, supplies for the uh, moderate opposition. Controlled by the Kurds, the Kurds seem to be flipping their loyalties here from uh, opposing the government, uh, receiving support from the United States, to now going after the moderate opposition themselves, whom we are, we, the United States, are also supporting. Um, so this is a very disturbing de- a development, uh, which uh, coincides, ironically, with the opening 
of an office in Moscow by the political arm of this Kurdish movement. It's the first overseas office that they've opened, uh, much to the annoyance of Turkey, of course, which has its own problems with Russia at, uh, at the moment. So closing off Azaz will almost effectively co- close off a critical, probably the most critical corridor um, for their moderate opposition and refugees in Syria. When people, so they understand, um, and I, I understand the difference between Sunni and Shia, and we don't need to you know, break that down necessarily, but um, what is the composite of the Syrian people? Are they mostly Sunni? Are ISIS Shia? Is uh, their leader, the you know President uh, Bashar al-Assad, uh, a Sunni or a Shia, so that people get a better idea? And then, and then also, um, there are Kurds that are in Turkey and in Iraq. Are there any Kurds uh, in Syria as well? Uh, the the majority Muslim sect within Syria is without a question Sunni. Uh, they make up between, I'd say, 60 and 65, maybe even close to 70 percent of the population. Uh, about 12 percent are what are termed Alawites. It's sort of a sect of Shia Islam. Uh, and interestingly, uh, the government, uh, starting from Assad uh, on down through some of the most critical uh, leaders in the armed forces and in the government, um, tend to be of the Alawite or affiliated with the, uh, with the Alawite sect. This is a minority sect, only 12%. There are fairly significant numbers of Kurds in Turkey or in um, Syria, as there are in Turkey and Iraq. The Kurds are predominantly Sunni. Uh, and so they would be a part of the Sunni pop, uh, population, probably on the, on the order of at least three million, if not more. So a fairly sizable minority population within the country. Syria also was diverse uh, religiously. They at one time had at least a measurable pop- population of Jews. Most of them fled uh, many, many years ago. But a fairly sizable Christian population Catholic Orthodox, Syrian Orthodox, Syrian Catholic, and so forth. Um, and ironically, uh, uh, the population of Aleppo was about one-third Christian uh, before the war started. So a fairly diverse mix, and to one of the rare credits of the Assad regime, uh, they tried to avoid sectarianism. Um, they tried to keep the government above um, the sectarian feuds that have erupted elsewhere in the world. But Assad became um, a very big proponent of the uh, sectarian card when he realized that uh, he was, at least initially in the Civil War, on, on the losing end and began to term, uh, term the, um, the Sunnis who were opposing him, whether they were moderates or extremists, as terrorists uh, and calling on Alawites uh, and Shia to come to his aid, which they largely have. Uh, And just to finish up my point here, Leslie, um, uh, the Assad regime has gotten considerable support from Iran, which, of course, is predominantly Shia, from Lebanese Hezbollah, which is a a guerrilla army, uh, a terrorist uh, organization that is Shia, but also from Shia militia, principally from Iraq, but even from as far afield as Afghanistan and Pakistan. And the Iranians have been 
uh, very effective at recruiting those militia fighters from those countries to come and fight on behalf of the Alawite regime in Syria. In Azaz, uh, we know there have been scenes of fierce clashes there. Hospitals there were hit by a rocket strike. Now, the the town has two groups that are contesting, and, and to your points, Ambassador, uh, the Syrian Sunni rebels, who are backed by Turkey, Gulf states, even the United States sometimes. They're facing an advance from the Syrian Kurds, known as YPG, but that's also another group that receives U.S. support. So I think some Americans are confused. You know, which side are we on? Well, they would have a right to be confused because at one time we felt pretty strongly that the YPG and their political arm uh, were on the side of their moderate opposition. They had been very effective fighters elsewhere in Syria in working with their Arab uh, partners in uh, fighting ISIS. But here uh, things have turned. Uh, and uh, this is a major concern of Turkey because the fear of Turkey is that the Kurds are trying to establish their control of the Syrian border and set up what they fear most uh, is a Kurdish state on, on the northern border. Now, we don't know, I certainly don't know, what conversations are now taking place between the Kurds and, uh, and the Russians uh, because up until this point, we strongly felt the Kurds were on our side. But now they seem to be fighting uh, the moderate opposition, the Arab moderate opposition, uh, whom we have supported since the war's uh, inception. And uh, this, as I said uh, early on, this is a very disturbing sign and not a very good sign, certainly for Syria and the Syrian people, but also not for Turkey and certainly not for the United States and the region as a whole. Uh, so that we, you know, can understand why this region matters. It, when you look at a map, this is a very slim area uh, of land, a, a very small territory. And Sunni rebels used to consider it their stronghold. It also used to be the vital supply route into Aleppo. When we look at the past 10 days, Mr. Ambassador, all that has, has changed. I mean, like you said, the Azad regime has moved fiercely into the south of the area, and that cuts off the supply route to Aleppo. In the past few days, Syrian Kurds have moved east out of uh, Afrin, the enclave north of Aleppo, in which they had stayed and peacefully stayed for years and taken territory quickly from moderate Syrian rebels. Um, and on Monday night, a leader with the Syrian moderates told CNN that the Syrian Kurds had taken Tal Rafat, a town to the south of Azaz. That means they only have to advance, what, kilometers, a few kilometers east before they reach the front lines with ISIS that the Syrian moderate rebels have fought to defend for months. As of two days ago, reports were emerging the Syrian Kurds had struck a deal to enter the key town on that front line, Maria, and, and, and struck a deal without a fight. So that people understand, why does this matter? What does this mean? What it means is that with the impending and very likely fall of Aleppo, which was probably the largest and most significant moderate opposition stronghold, and the cutoff of this corridor, which was critical, to their survival, and probably could not have been done as quickly and as relatively easily as it's been done without the Kurdish support, we may be witnessing, uh, I don't want to say the demise of their moderate Arab opposition, but certainly a, a terrible, terrible defeat, probably the worst that they have suffered uh, in this civil war. And as I said before, that is just not good for Syria and the Syrian people. 
And uh, I, as I said, I don't believe that uh, this could have been done as quickly as it was done uh, without the support of the, of the Kurdish rebels who um, saw an opportunity. Uh, we don't know what sort of uh, trading or swapping may have taken place between them and the Russians and the Syrian regime. Uh, but nevertheless, with the um, effective uh, uh, strangling of the uh, moderate opposition, one has to wonder what is their future? What will be left of them? Uh, those who are not killed or imprisoned will uh, have very few options. Either flee the country like millions of their Syrian compatriots have done and, and will continue to do, probably in increasing numbers, um, or and this is really tragic, joining the only effective opposition left, which would be the al-Qaeda-affiliated uh, al-Nusra Front or the Islamic State, which we obviously had, had wanted to prevent. So um, the, um, the, uh, the future that we look at with the fall of Azaz and Aleppo uh, is a very bleak one uh, for, um, for the West, for Syria, for the Middle East, uh, those on the front lines, like Turkey, uh, will especially feel uh, a great deal of political and even military pressure, not to mention the resources that the refugees are going to be commanding from them. Uh, but Europe, I think as we move into the spring months and then into summer, we'll see increasing numbers of Syrian refugees leaving Syria. These were the, the last holdouts who thought there was a chance. We'll now see with the um, defeat of Aleppo and the closing at Azaz, that there really is no hope, and they will begin fleeing in larger numbers as well. So um, a very bleak future right now, at least in my view. Yeah, most most definitely. And I think when people, because when people, you know, hear advancing on ISIS, they think it's good news. But no, because the downfall of Aleppo could mean an opening for ISIS. We'll continue our discussion with Ambassador Grappo right after this. Don't go away. Leslie Marshall, real people, real life, real talk. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. Listen to Leslie while you're surfing the web? Visit www.lesliemarshallshow.com and click on the Hear Leslie microphone to hear the show streaming. Ambassador Grappo. Mr. Ambassador, let's take a call before I ask more questions. We do want the folks in the audience to get their answers uh, questions answered. Matt is joining us in North Carolina on line two, listening on Progressive Voices. Uh, Matt, thank you for joining us. Um, do you have a question for Ambassador Grappo? Uh, yes, I do. And uh, I, I'm pretty sure I heard this on, uh, you know, I forget what the guy's name is. But I heard this on a show, a liberal talk show that comes out on PBS, that uh, our government or our oil companies would like to run an oil pipe, a gas line through Syria, and the Syrians don't want that. And that's what this whole thing is, 
about is, is that the oil companies want to have part of Syria to run a gas line. I think it goes through uh, over there, and it, it ends up in Europe. And, and uh, that's, that's the whole big deal. They don't want it. They work with the Russians. They don't want to work with us. And uh, so we're basically uh, creating chaos over there. And the last ambassador, the Ford guy, was telling the people more or less to to stand up against the government. And uh, this is the same thing that happened in uh, Iraq when uh, President Bush told the uh, people, the Kurds, to stand up against uh, uh, the the last guy who was in charge that got hung in, in Iraq. You know, so and that was about supposedly about oil. Nobody stood up for them. And then these people are standing up, and nobody's standing up for them, and uh, you know, and it all has to do with oil, you know. So that that's uh, that that's to me, it, it doesn't have to do anything with uh, religion or or any of the stuff that we're hearing. It has to do with who's going to control the oil. That's my and, question. Okay, Ambassador Grappa. Well, Syria itself has very modest. Uh, resources of oil, certainly much less than its uh, its neighbor to the east, Iraq. Now, uh, there had been talk, this was quite some time ago, years, about a, uh, a an oil pipeline to take some of Iraq's oil um, uh, to the west, uh, perhaps to the Mediterranean, uh, but, they, uh, but they have many options. Uh, they could certainly go through Turkey. Uh, much safer and more secure. Uh, they could go through Syria or they could go through Jordan. So, they, uh, so they, uh, the, the need for access to Syria for a pipeline um, is probably l- less uh, than, than, um, than it would be for some of the other countries. So I really don't see oil as being a really critical or certainly not a, anywhere near a decisive factor in what's behind uh, the war currently going on right now. Um, okay, and thank you, Carla, for the question. Ambassador Grappo, some people might get confused because this changes so quickly. It seems like just weeks ago, and like we talked about, things have changed dramatically in this area in the last 10 days, that the, the rebels there in Syria were advancing. Uh, those who were anti-Assad and also anti-ISIS were, were advancing uh, on ISIS, and that the United States was helping from the air along with international uh, allies from the international community, but kind of stepping back because they want to Syrian Sunnis on the ground to be the ones who get ISIS and destroy and defeat ISIS, uh, not just uh, for that nation and for what happens in the future of that nation, uh, but for the perception of the world that is watching. Um, are, you know, and a lot of people have said, look, well, you know, ISIS isn't a problem to get rid of. It, you know, it, it's, it, it's a bigger issue, what to be done with Assad, what to be done with Syria, and certainly what to be done with the radicalizing online internationally. Are, it, it, has this past 10 days turned everything on his head? Is this beyond a step backwards, Mr. Well, the, the past 10 days has certainly been the most critical in, I think, a phase that, that began when, when the Russians moved in last September. Uh, it's accelerated the pace. Uh, and all this, I believe, stemmed from a clear realization that the United States was not going to insert uh, any ground forces, that it was going to rely on the moderate opposition with American and allied uh, air support to take out ISIS. The greatest fear that Assad had and 
uh, 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 by extension, the Syrian, the, the Syrian regime and the Russian regime and Iran was that we would be effective, that the moderate opposition with uh, this coalition support would be able to constrain uh, ISIS and therefore assert control over a substantial area of Syria. And that would pose a major challenge, certainly anything greater than Assad has faced to date. And so the strategy has been to go after the moderate opposition to remove all possible opposition uh, that wasn't extreme, right. i.e., um, uh, Al-Qaeda or ISIS. Uh, and uh, and so we are out of time, Mr. Besser. I apologize. I asked such a, a, a lengthy question with a lengthy answer. We will have you back soon. Ambassador Gary A. Grappo, Distinguished Fellow at the Center for Middle East Studies at the Corbell School of International Studies at the University of Denver.